I hate that song. I hated it when it was popular. I hated it when it was the number one song on the radio and they played it constantly on modern rock radio because they considered it modern rock. I considered I hated it when it was a Sheryl Crow song five years earlier. I hate this song. I hate it so much. I hate everything about it. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast Rant by Josh <laughs> Brunel. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh Jen and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. And uh, we have joining us tonight, we have listener Tiffany joining us tonight. Listener Tiffany, if you're you're watching live, we have four people watching us live. And listener Tiffany is wearing a Gleeful t-shirt. Yes! Yeah! Which is the coolest thing ever. Oh, I'm Glee. Uh, So that's amazing. But uh, listener Tiffany, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, tell us a little about... um, I. I know you as a co-host on uh, Ed's Nimbus Magnifica podcast. Well, uh, yeah, oh Nimbus Magnifica. Okay. <laughs> so tell tell us a little about uh, your relationship with Glee. Um, so I started watching uh, halfway through the second season, um, and then I went back and watched the first. I actually bought the series. On DVD, on DVD, and then it was on Netflix, so I stopped doing that. But I had the first three <laughs> seasons on DVD. I was gonna have the whole set, but whatever. Um, I actually started listening to Gleeful, oof, uh, maybe episode twenty twenty five, I think, wow. and then went back and like powered through and listened to the first half as I was listening to the next bit. I would like listen to like three or four episodes, catch up on the current one and then go back. So it took me a while to catch up, but I've, I've been a listener for a, a fairly long time and I actually started um, following Ed and all of you personally stalking <laughs> your Twitters uh, because of the show. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for wearing a Gleeful t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we are here tonight to discuss uh, the Hurt Locker part one. That's what it's entitled. Uh, and uh, we have some songs to discuss. We have some plot lines to discuss, all of which are very vague because it's an Ian Brennan episode. But we will get into all of that as we go. Uh, but before we do, Jennifer. Hey, Josh. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I watched a romantic comedy tonight uh, before recording this podcast, which is something I never do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really only watch romantic comedies unless there's zombies involved. And you, there's you a surprise rom com if yeah. you want to be legit. Is it? Rom-com. I need to say rom com. Yeah, there's there. It is. Yeah, rom com. That's that's the know. correct wording. But yeah. well, I mean, honestly, though, I wouldn't even call this that. It was more of an no. indie, um, indie flick that had a romantic. Uh, undertone to it this is actually a really big movie weekend for us we did well, yeah oh my god for me. okay so we watched in a world if anybody's asking it was fantastic what we're talking about it is that, fantastic that's the that's I, what I, I heard about that on npr that oh no no it, it is amazing honestly it is it, it, it's it's an hour and a half so it's like it's perfectly doable in a short span of time but it's really good there's so much stuff in there and there's so many great elements and 
Yeah. I, you know, family and romance and career struggle and feminism. It was just like really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cute. Let's talk about Whiplash. Okay. Now, if you have not seen Whiplash, like seriously, okay, like I, I didn't sleep. I, I loved, we watched Whiplash last night and then we went to the bar and we had a bunch of drinks and talked about Whiplash. Oh my God, and I'm crying and to then the we bartender. She was looking at me. I was like, we just came to see the, from, the kept, movie and I'm still excited. Woke up this so morning. We went, we went and did one of those sensory deprivation tanks this morning where you float. float in yeah. seawater oh, yeah. and you can't hear anything. Cool. We did that for an hour. So the good. entire time I thought about Whiplash. Like you guys, <laughs> Whiplash is freaking incredible amazing and the whiplash okay fine it's nominated for an academy award it should win best picture but it won't okay fine the biggest travesty is that you know jk simmons was amazing because he's always amazing and he's so fantastic but miles teller like nobody has like uttered his name and i'm like i i just don't understand but it's so good and if you like music or if you can appreciate live Performance. No, appreciate life. Yeah. <laughs> Not no, everybody no, likes that stuff. No, live, but li- live performance. Because there's Whip something out. so beautiful and, you know, uh, just momentary in the live performance. Drop it's, what you're doing. Yeah, just go. Just go watch Yeah, like, life. shut us anyway, off right now. <laughs> stop the podcast. Go watch Love <laughs> Ed, how are you tonight? I'm great. Uh, it's snow on the ground, which makes me yearn for California. Thank God, Aww. only seven more days. I get to return. I get to return home, as I'm called. As, as people at work are like, wow. "Why are you even here?" I'm like, "I don't." You're right. Why am I even back? Is, can you stay. transfer? Just transfer. Yeah, just, just transfer. Tra- to just don't go back. Just don't I go mean, back. I I did tell Brian like like there is a greater than zero percent chance that I'll accidentally miss the flight home, but <laughs> then I then I came home and here I am. Oh, you're so responsible. I know that's I that's a problem. Uh, so you're, but you're coming to San Francisco again in a week. Yeah, I come back. I come back for the first to the fourteenth again, and then oh maybe God. in March again, and maybe in April again. Who knows? We'll find. I, I, it's like it's like I find out as it happens. Wow. And then, and then in that's uh, so much time to watch Whiplash. Uh, so much. <laughs> uh, and then uh, in other like in other stuff that I'm working on, I've like been serious in quotes. We'll see how fast I'm moving along, but there should be. Something available for you to download Ooh. at some point by by Ed. That is that is as generic as I'll say. Lots of lots of work has been going into this though. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, we look forward to that. And finally, you, Tiffany, uh, give us your life in thirty seconds. Go. <laughs> okay. Well, I just moved to New York City a couple of months ago, and That's today awesome. they called for a blizzard of one to three feet. Oh, I've yeah. never seen oh, this God. before. Oh, I went to college in Miami because I like being hot. I'm not exactly <laughs> certain how I'm going to function tomorrow because my office is open, which means I have to go to work. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, the whole East That's Coast, my parents are out visiting for four months, and, and they every morning they look at the, the newscast for New England, and they're like, okay, we've got blizzards, we've got hurricane winds, and so forth. So where were you living before this, Tiffany? Um, I was in Memphis. Um, nice. If we got Again, a snow of one to two inches, like the entire town shut down. So the fact that there's going to be one to three feet and people are still functioning. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know what to do with that. There's wow. no stopping. All I can recommend is uh, shoes with good lugs. So you have traction and layers from a former yeah. East Coaster. That's all I can say. <laughs> 
if I can survive the winter, then I, I will tell you for certain if I'm, I'm meant to be in the city or not. <laughs> I, I love a lot of things about it. Like the fact that I can get anything that I want delivered to me, food, booze, groceries, just all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. This my mother was like, you can get stuff delivered beside pizza. And I was like, oh. yes, everything. <laughs> everything. Everything can be delivered. Just, yes. Bring it to me. That is entirely true. What are you doing in New York? Um, so I work for an organization that I work for a nonprofit that helps nonprofits and foundations sort of function better. Um, and I've been working sort of nonprofit for the past five or six years. Uh, I'm just doing it at a slightly better salary because New York pays more, but it also costs so, so much. Also true. Yeah. Also true. The best news is that hopefully, fingers crossed, tomorrow we will close on the sale of our house in Memphis, which has been on the market for nine months. And then I'll be really, really happy. Oh, good Very luck. cool. Well, good Lots luck. Congratulations. Luck. Yeah. Uh, continue uh, saving companies that save the world, and I will continue watching movies where people lose a foot. Uh, <laughs> so that sounds delightful. Uh, we are here to discuss the latest episode of Glee uh, entitled The Hurt Locker Part 1. Uh, lots of interesting stuff happened in this episode. We found out that Sue has a Hurt Locker, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, we found out that that Hurt Locker has a secret room in which she is obsessed with Clay. In which I had mixed feelings. Uh, we also got a bit of some Sam Shull. We also got uh, the continuing story of how uh, Will Schuster somehow killed his wife and buried her. And uh, so deep that no one even remembers she existed. Uh, and we got a little bit of Blaine and Karaski. As we go around the circle and get a temperature on everybody, Jennifer, what did mm. you think of the Hurt Walker Part 1? Well, um, okay, Looking at this as the first half of a full episode, I'm just going to give it a B minus. I mean, I there were some great moments, and we'll, I know we'll cover them, but it was, what, 18 minutes before the first song, 35 minutes before the second song, and it was just so much setup. I just, yeah, I'm just going to give it a, I'll give it a B minus. Interesting. Yeah, arguably three songs in the entire episode technically four uh but yeah it was for that one it was interesting ed what did you think of the hurt locker part one um i okay so the first it was very funny the first 20 minutes i was like i was just like like like, this episode is going nowhere just end and then it would end and i was like are you kidding me you can't just end there uh so um in retrospect i think i liked it more than i did when i was watching it um I was feeling the B minus, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna concur with Jennifer. Interesting, Tiffany. How did you feel about this episode? Well, <laughs> I appreciated the fact that crazy Sue makes no sense, Sue. Um, but I'm gonna give it a B for the simple fact that the Thousand Miles is my jam. Like it's my karaoke <laughs> song. I love this song. They yep. did pretty good. So I'm gonna give it a B for that reason. All right, well, that's uh, I'm good. I I actually did not like it as much as any of you kind of just okayed it. Um, I really had very little affection for this episode. Um, You know, Ian Brennan, like if you go through his history on the show, uh, Ian Brennan will go down in history as the most successful bad writer ever on television. Um, For a guy who like created what will go down in history as one of the most successful shows of all time. uh, He's really not that, Good. And every time he gets a writing and directing opportunity, like in this one where he wrote and directed this episode, he always in it always is one of these episodes that exists too far outside the boundaries of reality. Um, 
And so there was just a lot of stuff in this episode that just was like that one step beyond reality that I found frustrating. So I would give it a C. Uh, I'm almost leaning on C minus just because there was so little music in the episode. Like there was, uh, but I'm going to give it a C because I agree. Vanessa Carlton for the win. Um, Anything written by a former ballerina. Huzzah. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. I'm going to give it a solid C on uh, the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Well, and I, I just to, you know, uh, reinforce what I was saying, like part of the or reinforce what you're saying. I actually liked the way it just went so off the rails. Like there were some <laughs> moments like, you know, and obviously in Sue's rant to Will, it went so off the rail and, and kind of summed up a lot of frustrations, but, you know, made fun of it at the same time. You know, good on you for acknowledging that. So I mean, like, I mean, that's part of the reason I, I was uh, generous with the B minus. Well, uh, so the kind of centerpiece of this episode was the invitational that Sue created in order to shut down the Glee Club, which brought Vocal Adrenaline and the Warblers uh, to Lima or to Lima because. I think they're already both in Lima. But anyway, brought uh, Vocal Adrenaline and the uh, Warblers to McKinley High, uh, where we continue the story of the New Directions being brought back with four people that uh, I think had one line in this episode. So that was interesting. Uh, And also the story of Rachel trying to get... It's almost hard to break down this episode because, like, so much happened and nothing happened. So I guess we'll just kind of embark on this journey by talking a little bit about the Invitational invitational in general and uh, how – I guess let's start with vocal adrenaline. Let's start with Will Schuster, and we'll kind of go around. This is really our first – we really spent some time with the new Will Schuster, uh, the new old Will Schuster, and in his being a coach of vocal adrenaline. Uh, and so, you know, let's start with Ed, because I know, Ed, you've always had a bit of a hate-hate relationship with Will Schuster. I, well, you know, you know, when you said there's the new old Will Schuster, I'm like, you mean the finally accurate Will Schuster is what I was actually thinking. <laughs> no, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by finally accurate? I don't know, just like, like, they didn't like he was just so manic and they didn't they don't need him at vocal adrenaline like legitimately not that not that he even did much so much for new directions <laughs> but point. like he would just like throw an assignment at them every week that had seemingly no bearing on the actual competition so vocal adrenaline's like we don't we don't like you and i'm like yep that's cool but then why did they like, even have him? That was my struggle with it. It was like, what purpose does he actually serve? Is it possible Ryan Murphy is like, like the steps of Ryan Murphy hate is you get ridden off the show. But has has Matthew Morrison crossed the line where he's like, no, you are contractually obliged to be with this show until it's over. And you are. <laughs> and we're going to make sure you're sticking with that. <laughs> like it's the, the next level hate. Jennifer, uh, Will Schuster and Vocal Adrenaline. Well, yeah, I mean, it's obvious that, you know, the he's put into this position where, okay, it's a school choir. They have to have a coach. You know, somebody has to be chaperoning when they get on the bus to go wherever, or, you know, overseeing the budgets. But, okay, so the actual choir themselves, they've written them off, no problem. So I think this is just basically a catalyst to, you know, show him what he lost and what he needs to fight for. That's all. And that's okay. okay. I mean, that's cuz I mean, there's no way this series is going to end with him still coaching vocal adrenaline. 
Oh, you think he's going to end up back in McKinley at the end of the show? He has to. (laughs) And the thing is, it's like, I don't care. You know, again, I've, I've let go of, you know, past hurts and disappointment. And I just, whatever means it takes to get back to that, you know, fun, quirky show that you could root for. I'm fine. I mean, I think that was kind of my struggle with this whole episode is it was at least where the first couple I felt like were on the road to being, you know, some old school glee, like on the road to getting back to the characters. This episode was all kind of pomp and circumstance. It was just a bunch of kind of overcomplicated jokes and gags and you know and then when Becky Jackson shows up in a lobster outfit for absolutely no reason um it it just wasn't about the characters very much and so as far as seeing Will as the host of host as the coach of vocal adrenaline on the one hand I don't know why he's there I don't he doesn't seem to serve any purpose for vocal adrenaline they actively dislike him um and yet he also is like really offended when this process, you know, when Sue is kind of like threatening his job in a way. Um, I don't know. It just, it all kind of rang false for me. He's uh, always going to defend his position regardless of where he is. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's just kind of, you know, when he gets lit up and he's like, all right, vocal adrenaline, let's go out there and beat him. And they just look at him like, we were going to do that anyway. Like, and he it has always been just made him powerless in a in a, a storyline where he's supposed to at least have some power. But but like Will's strength has always been in his unwavering optimism and positivity. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean uh, like <laughs> Tiffany So what's been your historical feelings <laughs> towards Will cuz everybody knows like you know, where we've all stood, but I feel like the show is trying to bring it back home. And I, I know, know that Will is going to be a very large part of the rest of this season, but to be perfectly honest, I would trade all of the future minutes of Will Schuster for like one three minute scene with Michael Malley. Like we can just have Bert and Kurt, like have like a heart to heart, like forget Will. We can just like throw yeah. him away. That's a really good point. He's, he's not busy. No, he's got a co- <laughs> Wow, you just made Clyde like fall over and Clyde died. Clyde's like, come on. But no, I mean, he he Bert will have to come back. But like, I mean, like, do you like do you think there's any purpose in giving Will purpose for the rest of the season? I feel like they're struggling to 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 figure out what to do with him, right? Like if they if they brought back all of the old old characters right in the homecoming and they're going to be kind of you know in and out i feel like they have to have will around because he was part of that original nucleus even though his like plot lines are inane and he's really stupid and like a horrible person obviously killed his wife we know that yeah he did bury his wife yeah it's it's hard to really nail down like I, I don't know it's uh, on the one hand i feel like it's a very unceremonious way to get rid of this character i mean even if even if he does have some kind of a a redemption at the end of the season comes back to vocal or comes back to the new directions and you know returns to mckinley whatever like it, it it'll still kind of feel empty to me in a way i mean he even had that really impotent conversation with sue yeah. where he's like um 
he brings up this is a, a freaking classic Ian Brennan move where uh, out of nowhere Will Schuster says hey Sue I heard you're gonna retire where did that come from like that's a huge plot line that's a huge concept of Sue's going to retire that just gets dropped in in the middle of a conversation for absolutely no reason and then he says I, I know you're gonna retire I'm gonna make sure the new directions live after you leave and then in the very next scene Will is talking Talking to Vocal Adrenaline, telling them how he's going to destroy the New Directions. It makes zero sense. And in that way, yeah, like, I I feel like Matthew Morrison's character is not being... he, He is getting absolutely no love as this goes out. And yeah, you're probably right, Jennifer. You're right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that that's how he will make the new directions live is at the end of the seasons. He'll return yeah. and he'll return to his home and yada, yada, yada. Well, and also, I mean, part of it is they have to bring Jama Mayus back for at least one scene because Will without Jama and his baby is kind of weird. It is super strange that she's not there. And now like he's showing baby yeah. pictures of just the baby alone, which means there's nobody. <laughs> Wasn't that to hold, weird? There's nobody to hold the baby. So like usually, usually <laughs> mom's so holding strange. baby and daddy takes picture or daddy's holding baby do you think they're gonna bring um him back as the coach or you think they're gonna bring him back as the principal as soon retires could you imagine will schuster is a principal (laughs) he's the worst (laughs) did you notice though not only have we not seen um emma all season but we saw her desk Yes. Yeah, no, so apparently like, she still works at the school. I thought she was off on assignment somewhere. Wasn't and? she like teaching people? I thought that was her death. So it was her death. I was well, like, that's oh, I Emma, that was the whole thing. Like Sue was. But hold you know, on, isn't Rachel using Emma's death? Everybody to, to defend to defend it. Didn't they say that Rachel was using Emma's death? See, or did I, I, make I thought that was her office, but Rachel is an OCD. So like. You know, Sue going in there and like swapping a stapler with, uh, you know, just switching positions with a stapler and a tape gun isn't is going it, to make like is Rachel it possible go nuts. That Ian make... Didn't get the memo and like just, <laughs> just like is, is that is that greater than zero percent possibility? I think the answer yeah. is yes. I, I I think so entirely. You know, I I'd had this conversation with somebody where they said, or I think, and I think we even talked about it on the show how like the first season. It seemed like Ryan, Brad, and Ian were kind of work, writing in a vacuum. And so the episodes would go in these cycles where, like, you'd see an Ian episode, which would then have continuity with another episode that he wrote three episodes later and not pay attention to the two in between yeah. that were written by Brad and Ryan. And so it would totally, I would totally not put it, put it past Ian Brennan to be like, oh, I don't watch the show. Like, yeah. I write episodes, but I don't watch it. Yeah. It was that was a strange one, but I mean, I listen. I, I record this podcast. Do I listen to it? I don't know. Not really. <laughs> well, we watch it once now. We don't watch it twice. Anymore. We we get as much as we can. Yeah, this week we definitely only watched it once. We didn't have time. No, I, I was saying I was saying for like in this like in respect to the podcast. Like, yeah. like I don't really listen to I don't really listen to po- the podcast that I'm on <laughs> again. It's kind of addicting. I will every once in a while put on the podcast and I'll be like, wow, this is a really good show. Oh, look, that guy has a gorgeous voice. That's me. You know, it's. it's I've never so listened to back to our podcast. Oh, God, I think quite the opposite. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I spent the entire time going guy like, on this show. Is that hilarious what I think. dude? Uh, so let's talk a little about Sue uh, as we have come to Sue's journey. Um, so Sue. In any Ian Brennan episode, Sue is going to be a crazy, maniacal 
insane person uh, with a heart of gold. Um, And she was, in this case, unleashing her hurt locker filled with all of her hate, which actually, this is where I keep my hate, is a pretty great line. Uh, And then we find out that she's obsessed with Clane. Sue is a cleaner. Um, But for hateful reasons. But for... Well, why? What were the hateful reasons? Well, she said alone they're like, oh yeah, like sharpie. You know, like they're sharpies. They're annoying and all stuff. But together, they're kind of like this muted little thing, and it, it's less annoyance in my world. Weird. You know, okay. So and she's obsessed with being their wedding for some reason. Ed, yeah. <laughs> what you say? You, you guys, you say this about Ian Brennan, and now I'm thinking about it, like this episode in particular had lots of solid season one references. That's like, true. Yes. Like, like Will mentioned, the muffler dragging, which I, which is the only time I even remember that in a scene was in the pilot episode. Oh my god! And then, yeah. and then, and then it had the in the hurt locker. It had the the one football player that vanished, and it's like missing. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I'm like, so oh, Matt, I, the- I, I now I'm like, is Ian Brennan like is Ian Brennan like season one? Like I don't know, I don't know. Like this is like the most tied into season one episode ever. Well, he also <laughs> writes the most referential episodes. That's like in his. If you go through the series, whenever Ian Brennan writes an episode, it's very self-referential. Uh, but I'm. I wanted to ask Tiffany. Uh, everyone knows our opinions on Clane. Um, I. What are your opinions on Clane? Okay, so the. The first episode that I ever watched was Never Been Kissed. And then, so I came in, like, right as it, like, was starting. Wow, and for the yeah. first season and a half, I was like, I'm on board. These are my guys. I love these guys. Aww. And then I thought, Lord, they're horrible together. <laughs> and then I was like, well, maybe they'll go to New York and it'll be great. I'm like, no, they're horrible together. So when they broke up, even though I knew at the beginning of the season – even though I knew that it wasn't actually going to last, I was, it was the first time that I was really, I was wanted to see them grow part, like not, not grow apart, but grow individually. Right. I know that it, they will only be growing for 13 seasons or 13 episodes because the season's really short. And I, and I know that it's not actually going to last, but uh, I was, I was on board with this, this ship as uh, as Sue likes to say um, for, for a while and and then I realized that they were really they're really bad together. So I'm hoping that as they as they are living apart and they're sort of realizing that maybe they're better together. I know I won't get any closure because we only have what like nine episodes left, but uh, I could see a happy ending in the finale, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely feels like there's a happy ending coming for them, which seems appropriate. Um, it. it there was a bear. It's like, this was one of those episodes where as I remember it, uh, as I go through it in my memory, I'm like, was there a bear on a bed at some point? Uh, We got another one of these moments where Karofsky is an absurd gay person, like a caricature of himself. Uh, And a strange scene where he was in a bar or he was in a restaurant and he dated everyone in the restaurant. Uh, That's a a lot of coverage in just two years. Supposedly. What'd you say? Oh, sorry, Ed. Oh, I said that. Didn't Sue say I arranged that? Like every person you ever dated. I'm not. I'm not talking about like the implausibility of getting them all in the same restaurant. I'm talking about that's a lot of coverage in two years. I mean, (laughs) but but is is it? Is it? uh, I don't know what the dating pool in Lima is. Is it it Blaine not Karofsky's type? Like. Or, yeah. or I don't. I'm just saying. Like, 
It's totally that. true. I it, It's been ruined for me. I think it was last week when Sammy said um, the show is just depressed that Grant Gustin got Flash. And so they couldn't bring back Sebastian to date Blaine because that is the pairing, I think. That would have made so much more sense. Exactly. Oh, I mean, that would have been really something mm. that, you know, Kurt would have had to fight against. He's just kind of waiting it out at this point. Yeah. Like he's just he's just sort of like the, oh. he's passively waiting for you know i will uh, blame i will life. say this that um if they were going to bring karofsky back and you know sort of wrap him up max adler's such a much better actor than this material is allowing yes. him to be Agreed. especially in that point in time in which he was like you know having his suicide attempt and stuff like that i was really impressed with his skills and i'm mad at glee for bringing him back and this is gonna be the last what we see of him is this sort of overly lovey caricature it it's it's kind of gross and i'm sad for him yeah it's a, it, it, you're right it's insulting and it's it's frustrating because you know when i saw that he was coming back for this season i was like oh that's cool you know we're gonna get some depth again but you're right it's wasted yeah he's playing this weird he's playing a total caricature and uh but you're absolutely right i mean in those moments that that suicide attempt episode like he really had some chops and by all accounts he's the nicest guy in the world so you know good for him but uh but yeah uh yeah there's not that much else to say uh on this i do uh we did get a moment of apparently principal figgins whose first name is principal has an identical twin sister who is the principal of carmel high I don't even know what to do with that, but I know if I don't mention it, someone will email me. I, I, honestly, I think this is a fun little throwaway for the fans. I think All it's right. just... I, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't... Thank you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's I'll anything it. where, you know, we need to talk any more than that about it. Like, I think we're talking more than the actual scene. Yeah. There was a lot of think, already. I think it's, I think it's adorable. I mean, I, forgive me, I don't remember the actor's name, but he's just Ickball. fun. Yeah, yes. so yeah. he's just he's fun and you know to see him you know actually playing a dual role is kind of funny and we also got i what i would imagine is probably the last time we'll ever see brad uh <laughs> which was except for at the movie theater in noho that's true because we see brad we see in the neighborhood all the time, all yeah. the time. um also melissa benoist is in whiplash and she's amazing last time actually, i'll mention it what so hold on are you saying are you saying it's maybe the writers she that has- ruined my yeah, she's <laughs> oh, she's on screen for less than five minutes, but she's captivating. And she's Supergirl, yeah. Yeah, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. she just got cast as Supergirl. Are you a like, fan? Being on Glee and becoming a superhero is officially a thing now. That's officially like two, two. I mean, oh. yeah, there you go. Oh. I mean, I actually really like The Flash. My husband started watching it, not not knowing at all who Grant Gustin was, and it's actually it's actually a really good show. I'm glad that it's doing well. I only watched one episode and I wasn't too impressed, but it could have been a bad episode. Did it get picked up for another season, Tiffany? Yeah. Already. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, The Flash is huge. And my buddy used to write on it. So Chris used to write on The Flash. Um, Oh. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's. uh, what were we talking about? We were talking. We were, oh, and I also Figgins. wanted to remember. Does anybody remember the name 
of the kid who he was like the second Sebastian on the Warblers. No, but that but he was like I'm not gay. That was that's all I remember. Exactly, about him, right? he was really pretty, but he wasn't gay. And then he was in that movie, that, that horrible movie, The Canyons, that Lindsay Lohan was in. Oh um, god! But uh, but I also thought he would have been a perfectly good character to bring into. Well, the, the thing playing. that guy that guy is probably kicking himself is like the one character. I gave discounted <laughs> me for this role that I could have had the but, one character thing but that's I mean funny. okay even though that character said he wasn't gay I mean that's not to say that you know there wasn't uh, a revelation or a change yeah you know, yeah still but, but, that, but that's like the yeah. one thing that I even know yeah. about him I hope I like I have this fantasy of Karofsky kind of snapping out of his lovey-dovey phase and just being you know himself again like uh, you, maybe you thinking, are you are living a fantasy world i that always is, live a that fantasy is world. <laughs> i would like to point out that like for five years i've been projecting my fantasies to this show I, i'd like to point out that that sentence i have a fantasy that karofsky has like that's the ship that launched a million fan fictions <laughs> all right I, I, maybe fantasy was too big of a word because it was only you know it's something that I thought of about three seconds before I said that. <laughs> All right, I have an idea. How's well, let's. That? Uh, we have we have to take a listen. To, I want to point out uh, just to give everybody a heads up. I had some tef- technical difficulties getting the show up. So if you're currently in the chat room and being like, "Why aren't they reading what I'm saying?" I'm not. Oh, really that's much right. The chat room's not open. The I other also computer isn't working. I uh, right can't get the uh, voicemails up. So we had a couple voicemails, and I'm really sorry we won't well, be able to play those. The good but, thing is uh, it's part one of part two or part one of two. Hey, so there we go. At least it'll still be somewhat topical. We next could play week. the voicemails next time. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and. And we'll dive into this plot line because uh, I have some words. Uh, and But before we do, we will take a listen to Leah Michelle and Cordover Street performing Thousand Miles uh, here on the Gleeful Podcast. Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making the way through the crowd. And I need you. And I miss you And now I wonder If I could fall into the sky Do you think time would pass me by? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles If I could just see you Watching live, I have uh, where we record the show. I have all my favorite pictures of Jennifer right here, 
and so I was I was showing my favorite pictures of Jennifer, and then she did not like that. Yeah, and I well, I held up a picture of Josh from ninety eight. My friend's wedding in nineteen ninety eight, so mm-hmm. many years ago. Uh, so that was uh, Thousand Miles, as performed by Leah Michelle and Cordover Street, or Sam Shill, as they are being called. Uh, and this is a relationship that I think the show just wants to happen because you know it's primetime television and no one can exist alone how would they be happy um th- you know i have a lot of thoughts about sam Rory gilmore was happy yeah <laughs> i have a lot of, uh but uh let's go around the group and uh you know tiffany uh how do you feel about sam show <sighs> i feel like in the fact that there's none of the regular characters are in a relationship now that they have to have some romantic tension somewhere. Um, I know that they hinted at it, what was that, last season? There was like some episode when they were in the New York loft and they were like making eyes at each other. So I wasn't (laughs) surprised. But the fact that it happens and like Sam is being hypnotized by Sue, it's, it's strange. Yeah, it's kind of cheaty in you know that one. Yeah. I forgot. I completely forgot about the hypnotization <laughs> plot line until you said it. Really? Uh, that was so prominent. Like, I, I, for, I forgot about. It. I was like, oh yeah, that that did happen, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of it's kind of like cheating. I mean, they're they're being unnecessarily mean to Rachel, I think. But uh, you're right. I mean, they're they're kind of like creating romantic tension because the show feels it's necessary, but then also not really honoring that romantic tension and making it this weird hypnotism plotline. Uh, Ed, thoughts on Sam Schill? I mean, it's just like what character is around and what character like, that's it. That was it. That was like, what character is around? Yeah. And maybe, I like... Like th- they're probably like, thank God we brought Cordover straight after we fired him in the middle of season three, and then we brought him back in the mid season three because we would be like, I don't even know where we'd be. <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to introduce a new character who's age appropriate, still in Lima, but still in her everyday world. Yeah, I mean, it it just feels too convenient. They've never really presented a connection, but to, like yeah. any chemistry between those two performers or between their characters. And yet they did seed it as Tiffany pointed out, they seeded this last season in New York. Like oh. this was, you know, going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, it's also, you know, I, I know I'm the last, I know I'm the last great champion of Finchel, uh, but it's just not the way I think, I want to see Rachel go out. You know, it's like having well, Rachel why, go well, out on the arm I'm, of Sam is just boring to me. And can I mean, why, why, why couldn't why couldn't Rachel why couldn't end with her open to possibilities? Like mm-hmm. why? Like I mean, as uh, as Jennifer was pointing out, that's how Rory ended. Even though I love Logan, if Aww. Logan would like to date me, I'm available. Dude, spoiler alert! I don't yeah, know. you I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I mean, it's from 2007. Come on. It's in eight years. I know, right? Yeah. The moratorium for spoiler alert is so beyond, and you don't even know who he is, even though you walked in on me watching the two of them together many, many times. Well, yeah, it's from season five on. But, yeah. Uh, but why, but why, why is that? If it, that's a good comparison. Why can't Rachel be alone? Like, is there, is that well, like. And, and you know what? And in a way, 
maybe maybe that's it and again this is i'll say fantasy but it just occurred to me two seconds ago maybe that's it maybe she maybe they're saying like oh look this 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 and you know maybe she just needs to come to the realization that you know her next great love isn't going to be the only other person in the room who's the same age and also just hanging around oh okay so, I, I have a question what what is our like okay what is our dream for rachel now like 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 I understand, she wants new directions to do well, et cetera, et cetera. But then, like, what is Rachel's dream? Like, that was not like, like she, she can't like it can't end with her going to Broadway. I mean, I guess it could. That wouldn't be the, that literally wouldn't be the most terrible thing in the world. But we've already, we've technically already been down that road. So like, yeah. like, like I don't know. Like, I almost would prefer if she was like sent to the UK or Australia on like off Broadway. Cause that was like the only <laughs> opportunity she had. She's on a cruise ship. Or the London stage. Uh, no, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's my biggest struggle with Rachel right now is we spent all these years with her, like chasing a very specific dream, achieving that dream. And then really like her entire purpose in Lima is t- killing time. Like she's, mm-hmm. she's got no reason for being there other than this kind of like finding herself or but really it's just like killing time until she moves back to New York and tries to get back on Broadway. I mean even with like Kurt, you know, Kurt's there to get Blaine back and Blaine's there to be what Kurt gets back. Um <laughs> you know, it, it it Rachel has no reason for being there and I find that really frustrating and kind of sad for that character that you know we well, invested a lot in. But okay, she does have a reason because you know, she had um you know, this public exit from broadway had this public humiliation in hollywood she needs to hide out i mean that's it i get it but you're right i don't know what her next goal i mean realistically she needs to i mean she had always said new york you know broadway was her thing so she needs to do that yeah there's an interesting parallel you know, she realized that she wanted to be on Broadway and then kicks it to the curb for some stupid TV show. Now she wants to go back. And Kurt's like, oh, I really I really want to be with Blaine, but I screwed that up. So now I'm trying to get him back. Um, and, and oh, like a redemption. You, you all reminded me of the reason why I'm giving this. Sh- I, ever since it started going into the crapper, I've been giving this <laughs> show a pass because it had like a clear destination that I wanted to have and when Corey Monteith died they had to like change gears and they just didn't do it well and so I think no matter how bad it gets and no matter how stupid the dialogue is or how crazy Sue is or how horrible Will is I'm still like gonna be like a champion for the show and I really want it to like to like do well and like every time that I get to be the point where I'm like oh I don't think I can do this anymore they have like one like good episode or like a couple really good scenes and like this is why I kept with this show in the first place. Oh, totally. Oh, it's so it's, great to hear. Yeah. Like, it's not and just us. <laughs> it, it is great. I mean, it, it, in that way, like, um, you know, we talked about uh, weeks before, before the first episode, um, where it, it still is a show where things happen that no other show is doing on TV. And it was doing them three years ago. I, I like I kind of mentioned this before, but uh, also in this episode in the Hurt Locker, when she actually went into the Hurt Locker and then into that back room where there was a giant blow up of, of Clayne kissing. And it was just very unceremoniously on screen without any fanfare. Uh, you know, four years ago on Glee, that would have been a huge deal to have you know, Clayne actually kissing on screen, and here it was just 
I kind of throw Speaking away, of so. which, that moments. happened at Dalton in a room where they were by themselves. So how is this? <laughs> photo of it. Oh, Tiffany, Sue you're had adorable. her drone back then. Apparently, <laughs> Sue. Sue's been Sue's droning all of Lima. I want she, a drone really Sue, bad. Sue is watching Glee. Sue's that is, watching the show. That's what, that would that would explain something, right? That that like she's like she's like I realized like that could explain her erratic behavior. She's like I didn't. Like I wanted to be good to you guys, but I knew for the show I had to be who I was, be the villain. <laughs> okay, I just had this weird thought, like you know, like the whole uh, usual suspects thing. Like she was in the background of every scene of everything. Like she was camouflaged. She was everywhere, and that's why she has so much, you know, hate and anger for things that everybody else would like. Eh. <laughs> and she has to right the wrongs. That's I don't awesome. know. I just had this weird like it was sort of like a cross between Forrest Gump and um the usual suspects. <laughs> like Forrest Gump is Kaiser uh, Kaiser Soze. Wow. Right? Don't spoiler know. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Wait. That means nothing. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's take a little. And listen. those movies are twenty years old. Yeah, uh, the spoiler alert is on the titles of the DVD, which we have. Oh yeah, don't um, watch the uh, menu card. <laughs> let's take a listen to Rock Lobster. This is performed anonymously by Vocal Adrenaline. Uh, so here is a Whoa, bit. Okay, what was the song choice? Can you explain the song choice to me? I was like, what? Tell what? Me oh, we're going to talk about that in a second. We are going to talk about that. Then there's a second song or something, and I was like, really? <laughs> Really, this is this is this is what you're doing. Let's was, do some rock lobster, and then real... we'll come back and talk a little bit about uh, about the will. song choice. Here is rock lobster. No, it isn't. I think. <laughs> Rock Lobster is performed by Vocal Adrenaline here on the Gleeful Podcast. Uh, Ed, I had the exact same response that Vocal Adrenaline shows up with all their badassitude, and then they did two songs. Rock Lobster has, I think, five words in it, um, and 90% of them are Rock Lobster. And then Whip It, which is also not really a very a vocal song for a choir to do. I think well, exact do, same response. They want to make vocal adrenaline so unrootable because we're so anti Will Schuster. Like, is that is like is that the level Ryan Murphy wants us to be at? Because I'm I I suspect very much so. <laughs> like wants us to hate vocal adrenaline. Is that what you're saying? Like they want they want to they like before we have argued like vocal adrenaline had the better performance. Like we we on um, this show discussed that, and now yes. they're like, we are going to set it up so that you cannot say that. Like, <laughs> like the, the the fragments of New Direction performing like something probably not very stupendously, because, or at least nothing. No, no, 
But regardless, we can't. We have to like it more. Like it, it has to be better than this, right? Even, like, I don't know. You, you, can, you can only give sharp choreography so much. I mean, that's really all this was was a choreography number. Yeah. It was, and it was also, I don't know, like the choreography. I wasn't even all that impressed with. I kept thinking, like, I've seen better vocal adrenaline numbers uh, on the show. I'm uh, like, how is know. this the same? I realize it's not the same group, but how is this from the same? tribe of people that made bohemian rhapsody like right? how like i don't even understand. totally agree jennifer vocal adrenaline okay wait a second isn't will still like giving uh new directions uh, a softball no. here no <laughs> what do you mean i mean song what no giving them a softball but oh, no, I will's doing no, i don't th- what he kind of did is. to them before, when he's like, hey, you know, we're going to do the songs from my past, and, and this killed it back then. And I think he was subconsciously, you know, throwing the competition by doing these songs. But, okay, I have to say. What? Okay, Rock Lobster! No no, 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 no. I Well, okay, so I, I think this was intentional. I think, I think Will had them do songs that were going to be less than impressive, even though they were still, like, you know, grand and big production. Okay, but I do have a confession. When I was um, in high school, I, you know, I lived in the city, but my dad lived down on the Cape. And I uh, went down one weekend to visit and was hanging out with my stepbrother and my step-cousin. And we went into this little, like, podunk uh, pizza parlor in um, Harwich, Massachusetts. And I went to the jukebox and I played this song. And it somehow got inserted somewhere between Led Zeppelin and, you know, I don't know, The Who or something. Everybody looked at me like I just, you know, like (laughs) gunned down the place or something. I was like, come on. Nobody had heard of it. So that's my my memories of Rock Lobster. Your Rock Lobster memories. That's my confession. Rock Lobster memories. Yeah, I I destroyed this little pizza parlor (laughs) in uh, Howard, Massachusetts. Well, Tiffany, any thoughts on uh, Vocal Adrenaline and their Rock Lobster? I mean, I agree. Like, if, if I'm coming to, like, blow you away with my vocal prowess, I'm not going to pick those two songs. It's just, exactly. it, it, it's just not going to happen. So I'm not <laughs> certain who, who made those decisions. But I was kind of like, well, I mean, I thought that the the two that got to sing their mashup last week sang better than both of these songs. This will be fine. They may not dance around as well yet. But, I mean, as far as voices are concerned, they got in the bag. That, that's inter- that's interesting, and that's actually, I think, the last question I have for you guys as we close out this episode is, uh, what do you think New Direction's response is going to be to this? Uh, it's kind of funny that it appears that um, this invitational is going to span multiple days. It's already spanning like a week. Uh, but yeah, it does seem, I, I get the sense that we're going to go away from the vo- invitational and then come back before New Directions actually performs. Um, you know, I, I, I guess personally, I, I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see how the kids interpret this and not have their souls crushed, which I know was the reason Rachel was asking uh, Will to throw it so that it did not crush their spirits. I actually thought it was kind of admirable. Uh, Jennifer, what do you think uh, New Directions is going to do in this case? You know, I OK, I, I again, I stand by my my belief that will kind of went easy on them and, and, and misdirected uh, vocal adrenaline to make it easier. But the funny thing was, as unimpressive as we thought this whole thing was, everybody's reaction, even the warblers, was like everybody was like, 
horrified by all this. So, like, for whatever reason, I mean, maybe it's just because it's the first time they're seeing them perform live as a unit, and that's impressive. Um, honestly, I think they're going to do what they usually do, which is go the complete opposite. I think they're going to go, you know, back to the basics. They're going to, like, strip it down, and they're just going to win on raw talent. Hmm. I think because they don't have enough people. Yes, yes, yes. They don't have the choreography. <laughs> they don't have the budget for costumes. I think they're just going to win it on talent. And I think that's going to, like, give them the confidence to then grow and be this, you know, dominant, you know, force that'll live <laughs> on and on and on. And they'll obviously do Wheel in the Sky, which, as Sue pointed out, is the only, only journey, journey song they have not yet ruined. Uh, Ed, any thoughts on the future of New Directions? That eight people are going to pop out of nowhere just in time. <laughs> I mean, I think we can assume two of them, right? Tell me the assumptions. I would, like to, I would like to know these assumptions. Wait, one so. football player. Who's the other person? Oh, I think Kitty's coming back. Okay, okay. Oh, your, your points are valid. Okay. Of, well, then. She can bring some so that brings uh, us to Cheerios. Six. Yeah. But no, she'll bring Cheerios, and you know the other dude will bring some. Uh, yeah, they they each bring three people with them, and yeah, exactly. Then we're, gold, then we're golden. <laughs> How great was uh, Sue pointing out that the true talent is the band that seems to be able to know oh, their yes. songs at the drop. Like, yes, and nobody God. knows her names. <laughs> that was fantastic. Well, that was the thing. It's, it's all, like it's all about that rant had lots of fun callbacks in it. Yeah, yeah. that did. That rant was pretty great. It was. It <laughs> uh, was. And Tiffany, any final thoughts on New Direction's future? I really would like to see them do something low-key killer, like some boys to men or something. They've only got four people, so that would like make sense to me. Like something very like quiet, but with like good harmonies. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. That's just. T- uh, Tiffany, I know that they're you are gonna, welcome. You know, or maybe they'll find out that one of them that graduated, like Brittany, didn't technically graduate, so she can come back. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> You know, Tiffany, uh, if you're going to name check Boys to Men on my podcast, uh, you are welcome in the Valley anytime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we can discuss uh, how everyone knows Water Once Dry is their greatest song. Uh, truly, truly a, a, an amazing moment. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a beautiful harmonic song that will just like showcase all of their talents and but how strong even at four they are together yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean i i i just want to actually spend some time with them like we spent so much time establishing that we were going to rebuild new directions and then we've spent zero time actually doing it yeah. uh well, so much time talking well, about it but no time actually doing that's it. the voice you spend yeah you spend all the season building the teams for the for the different coaches and then the last half of the season is about who, which coach wins that's actually why i don't watch it yeah but, i don't watch yeah. it because of blake shelton um so let's i mean those are both valid reasons <laughs> let's uh listen to some voicemails i actually was oh, able to pull up, up a couple right. voicemails so let's see what we got here uh let's start this one doesn't tell me where they're from i hope it's good i haven't pre-listened to these uh please don't suck voicemail no cursing <laughs> hey guys, listen to Sammy here. Woo-hoo! Okay, so for about the first 10 minutes of this episode, I thought they had taken the meadow riding way too far, like <laughs> farther than Supernatural does, and not saying something. Then about 20 minutes in, I was wondering if I was, if it was supposed to be campy bad or if it was just a really bad episode. But about 30 minutes in, I realized it was definitely the campiest, weirdest, most meta episode of Glee ever, and I 
kind of loved it. And because I can look past all the crazy and weird and nonsensical, my only gripe is that I I actually find myself shipping Sam and Rachel even before this episode, oh. and I feel like I'm being toyed with. <laughs> oh, this must be how the cleaners feel. Also, Rock Lobster, yes. My Glee anthology is now complete. <laughs> anyway, solid B grade on this week, and I can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Thanks. Wow. Bye. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I mean, it's like... At the end of the day, if, you know, Sam and Rachel end up together, it, I don't think it would be the worst fit. I just don't think it's the best fit. I think that it would be very um, safe and comfortable and kind of lazy on both of their parts. Absolutely. There is either, no end game. There's no... There's um, no OTP in that. There's no, you know, there's no challenge. There's no, um, you know, drive. There's no, like, you know, like building each other up and encouraging each other to be the best them and <sighs> yeah but uh, he's let's, cute let's take a listen to another voicemail hey there gleeful this is joey's baby 956 just calling in to uh give some thoughts on the hurt locker um overall i really enjoyed this episode i was laughing my butt off i just thought <laughs> sue's monologues were so on point and it was just really, really funny. It felt like zany, old, classic Glee, which I really love. Um, however, there were a couple of things that made me <laughs> slightly, if not very uncomfortable, um, one of which would be Sue's hypnotism with Sam. Um, a, I felt very bad for Rachel. And B, honestly, I think, uh, not Sam Sadie's, what are they called? I don't know what they're called. The <laughs> Sam and Rachel could be a very cute couple. I mean, in Glee canon, it's been about two years since then. So, like, okay, that's fine. I'd be cool with that, you know? Like, I don't really have any feelings bad or good about them. But I have an issue that he doesn't he doesn't know what's going on. And some of the scenes that they wrote were very, very sweet and very, very honest. But the fact that he – it wasn't actually him made me very uncomfortable and not as happy and about those scenes and thinking that, oh, that could be a cute thing, like, as, as much as they probably intended you to. I also felt just very bad for Rachel in general um, because, you know, once it had worn off, Sam was just like, oh. Um, however, I did love that when he was stealing Schuster's mail, he referenced um, Run, Joey, Run, which is possibly, yes. like, the best thing ever. Um, the other thing that I was slightly uncomfortable with was uh, Walter. I believe that was his name. I was like, get out of it, Kurt. Just please just get out. Like, go on, like, you know, Tinder or something and find, find like, a guy your age. Like, seriously, like, how did you not know that this guy is, like, 50? Like, he's as old as Bert. He could be your father. Like, no, 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 Like, you know, I, as soon as I saw that guy turn up and, and say, oh, you know, I was in a closeted relationship for 30 years, I would have said, okay, that's nice. I feel bad for you, but unfortunately not really what I'm looking for. Like, Come on, Kurt. Like, just don't be ridiculous. Like, he's kind of freaky. Just saying. Um, but other than that, I really, really enjoyed it. Especially um, Sue's monologue about uh, what was it, Will? Where she, you know, she references like all these different things that he's done and everything. I just thought it was just zany and wacky and hilarious and fun. So I can't wait to hear what you guys say. And uh, can't wait to hear the show. Bye. That's a good point. We didn't really talk about the tall cup of Walter. Um, the show didn't really spend too much time with him, but it'd be interesting to see if uh, if he sticks around. Yeah, and you know what the the whole time that he was there, all I kept thinking was, oh, now it's Kurt's time to be mentor. Like, <laughs> well, well, like sort of the way Blaine was. Yeah. To Kurt, I mean, like I don't, I don't think anybody's going to end up with him. Maybe he'll pass him off to Karofsky. But yeah. 
I just couldn't no, get past. His only appearance. His only appearance in the series. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know that we'll see Harry Hamlin again. Which I don't have a problem because I really don't want. I mean, it'd be weird to have Kurt dating an older man plus an older man that tried to kill Veronica Mars. It would just. It would be too strange. Unforgivable. For me. By the Unforgivable. Way. Unfor- you can't. You can't do that. He did succeed, right? Like, Veronica Mars is still moving. Yeah, but I don't want, you know, spoiler alert. He's not a nice guy. That's all I'm going to say. And if that's a spoiler to you, you need to get right with God. Because if you haven't seen Veronica Mars, people. Tiffany? Oh, Tiffany, were you saying? When I saw him, I thought. Okay. Huh? Oh, go ahead. Uh, okay, so I couldn't hear you. Um, no, when I said not for Kurt, but if they brought Beast back as a man, maybe him and Beast. Well, that's just, that's bizarre. Oh. Could you imagine? <laughs> that would have been an interesting way to reveal Beast as a man. And I don't know if they can do that in the timeline, but, but I mean, cool. like, we've always wanted, you know, Coach Beast to be happy. Yeah. And I just, hmm, interesting. Interesting. Well, let's, we, uh, we saw Harry Hamlin at the uh, restaurant down the street from us. Did we? Which restaurant was that? The one I like and you don't. Which one's that? Oh, Bowen Trust. Oh, the Bowen Trust. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here is, uh, we have one more voicemail. Hey, guys, it's Alex again. I uh, just wanted to call in and talk about uh, The Hurt Locker Part 1. Um, I actually really do hope that this is supposed to be a two-part and not just two episodes that are labeled Part 2 and Part 1. <laughs> um, I thought the episode was really cool. I liked it, except for the fact that this is pretty much uh, Sue Sylvester's uh, demise into insanity. Uh, bitch was the perfect number for her to sing, and I'm sure everybody's been waiting about six years for her to sing that, and it was amazing, <laughs> and I love the fire extinguisher and how she licked Rachel's food and all of that. Um, other than that, she seemed clearly psychopathic, so I'm not sure what's going on with her, but um, apparently she's the world's biggest cleaner. Uh, that was kind of weird and funny to watch, but I digress. Um, I thought about A Thousand Miles was a really cool duet, too. Um, I think Sam and Rachel have been showing chemistry ever since the Bill Joel episode, but um, now it's kind of coming to a head. Um I thought it was really funny how every time he would look at her, uh, she'd look away, and every time he'd look at or she'd look at him, uh, he'd look away. I thought it was funny that he looked like he was more into her hair than her, whatever. <laughs> um, and then the two vocal adrenaline songs were really funny. Um, the Invitational is probably going to be a mess because there's only four New Directions members, but I'm sure that they're going to get more people to join next week because why not? Um, and like I said, I really liked it, except for the Sam Hipness hypnotizing that was really really stupid but i guess they needed a reason so um anyway like i said i like the episode and i can't wait to hear y'all talk about it all right bye thank you very much uh yeah it uh the whole hypnotizing thing was a very strange little plot point uh on the one hand yeah like as we said before it kind of robbed samchel of anything really genuine um I, I will admit, though, when she shows up and she's like, you look like somebody that's pretty suggestible. And he goes, I don't know. Am I? Yeah, I guess if you say so. And that was very that was very Sam response to those to those queries. Yeah. And but the thing is, it's like I was kind of liking the. 
you know, the more grown up, more um, alert Sam, you know? Yeah, I'm he like, hasn't been this stupid I don't want him to be the foible for stupidity anymore. It's, you know, he was showing, you know, strides in New York. And now that he's, you know, back in Lima. Yeah. And he has dark hair, so now he's not, you know, a dumb blonde anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, yeah, it was very cheap. But I really, I can't see them together. Mm. It, it's it's hard to buy for in the long term. Uh, well, that's about all I have. Uh, Ed, anything else? Um, no, no. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how this ends. Uh I'm, I'm curious how much they were also going to ignore the new people, like the 3.0s. Seriously. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's so confusing. They wanted us to care for a minute, but that's all like, it's all, it's, like that's all the care you're allowed to have. Is yeah, that exactly. That's exactly right. It's like they went to such extremes to make us care, or to such extents to make us care, and now they're just like, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> we're not going to bother. Like that's... Like that's in the, like there you go. There's their backstory, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Those they're just pawns. They're just pawns for Kurt and uh, Rachel to be playing with. <laughs> and Tiffany, any final words? Um, I I really like the 3.0s. I'm I'm really sad at the lack of screen time that they're getting. I really wish that they would spend a little bit of time fleshing them out. But they have it's the, the problem that Glee has had for so long is there's too much going on. There are too many storylines, and now that it's ending, they have too much stuff to wrap up. Because yeah. it'd be really weird if we didn't see this person or this person again. Um, I kind of wish that they could have found a way to if that was the route. To pick one or the other. Either have the 3.0s have this be their season or to bring back everybody and sort of tidy things up and, and wrap it up in a nice bow and have that be it but trying to do both with 13 episodes i think is really hard and they've never been really good at multitasking i think you're exactly right yeah uh, it, it goes back to my uh alumni glee club idea yeah. i think that's a genius uh jennifer of course you do <laughs> any final no, words on this episode? i mean yes it, it it's very it is very frustrating but I think like they gave us in the first two episodes, they gave us a hint of an actual plausible, believable way of integrating the two storylines. And um, so yeah, I'm just you know growing frustrated like everybody else. But but there are elements that you know, and I'm I'm so just open for this to be um, a satisfying finale. So. Yeah, I think if nothing else, it does feel like we are getting, we are zeroing in on something. Like, I don't know if it's going to be, if it's, if we have enough time to wrap everything up. I don't know if we have enough time to honor the 3.0s as much as I think, you know, a, a lot of us would like to see them honored. Yeah, I just uh, hear But them. it does seem like the show is aiming for something, which it has been a while since I felt like they really, you know, had their eyes on a prize. And so for that, I grant them that's that uh, that's better than nothing. So so I'm happy to see that. If you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunell. She's at Jenny Bay Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And Tiffany, are you on the Twitters? I am indeed. I'm at Tiff Langston, T-I-F-F-L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N. All right. And then uh, and she, and she's, a, she's a big Google plusser. And oh, yes. big. I mean, yes. she's like the only person I see besides like some other people. Like, uh, besides like the owners of Google Plus. So mm. <laughs> that's awesome. Like Why Google Plus, Tiffany? 
Um, so my husband's a tech guy. He's a software developer. And there was a point in time in which he got, he and his sort of ilk, his friends and his colleagues got so tired of Facebook and its um, lack of, of privacy that they all sort of moved over there. Even though they sort of slowly came back, they are still very active over there. And there are some of them who haven't come back to Facebook. So I really just hang out over there to talk with people who are very sort of tech oriented. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, very cool. Well, uh, that that is pretty much it for us. You can also f- uh, find us on the Facebook if you would like to search for the Facebook. But don't do that. Find us on the Google Plus. Um, yeah, as Tiffany just said, just make that happen. I don't know that I've ever. Oh no, you can watch the episodes. Uh, except that <laughs> the episodes are now getting flawed for copyright infringement. So maybe don't do that. Uh, just go. Uh, listen to the podcast we will be back next week to discuss the hurt locker part two i imagine that's what it's called i don't know uh glee hates rules uh if you'd like and that's about it for us for the gleeful podcast with josh jen ed and tiffany i'm josh i'm jen um pondering thought for everyone to send in a voicemail did rachel's redemption arc have to be in ohio thoughts <laughs> and that's Ed. Uh, that's, yeah, I'm Ed. <laughs> thank you for joining us, Tiffany. And I'm thank Tiffany. You. Good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, and the song ended. Oh. That was so. That was. I would say in all of our episodes, I have never finished that poorly. Uh, so wait, Aww. I'm gonna queue up with it one more it's time. It's a short, stupid song. Yeah, Not it's very stupid. short. All right, I'm queuing up with it again. Okay, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed, and Tiffany, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. I'm Tiffany. Good night, everyone.